Hi everybody, um, I'm Okorita. I'm doing, I'm currently a women's health student doing my master's in women's health and I'm here to join the podcast and enjoy myself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you, how's your week been? My week's been good. I've been at uni most of this week. Um, it's my final week of the year. So um, I'm now done with lectures until September. So that's been refreshing. But um, now I know it's the big chunk of work to do before I start again in September. But my week's been good. How have your week's been? Oh. So my week has obviously been good because it was my birthday yesterday. So <laughs> I had such a, I really didn't want to do, I didn't want to do too much. I just wanted to have a cute me day. I went to the museum. I got a hot dog from Five Guys, had some cake, some ice cream. And I got so many lovely presents. My days. Guys, you're currently looking at. So, so I don't know whether I told you about this necklace I've wanted since. This Vivian Westwood one that has. You did. I saw it. I saw it on your story. I have. Like, Osaya's dying for this Vivian Westwood necklace. <laughs> I have been dying for it. And I finally have it. And now I also have a pink microphone to do this podcast with. So I'm so excited. So yeah. Fantastic <laughs> I love week. that. <laughs> that's so cute I think my week has just been really sad and busy I've been jumping from one task to the other at work and then I come home and I sleep <laughs> I imagine my... I don't miss that life that was me working in oh. Nigeria it's crazy I mean today was a good day though um during lockdown I don't know yeah I told you say so of course during lockdown my dad got bored and decided to do a third degree and today was his graduation <laughs> a third degree yep yep <laughs> Wow, that is that is really something. Because <laughs> all three degrees are in engineering. Wow. I mean, but that makes him like he's he's becoming very um he's basically gonna be more solidified in that in that field now. Yeah, he's the gonna man be a is specialist. In business. The man does business. <laughs> he doesn't use the degree. <laughs> engineering is no a side hustle. Is you have to write him for it. <laughs> His education is a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> um. You said something crazy just now that you're going to start again in September. How long is your course? So um, I started it and I'm doing it part time. So um, oh. this is year one and this is year two. Um, it oh, could have been okay. done for like a full year. But um, I was working at the beginning of the year and then I switched to like a part time job. And by that time, I was like, you know what? I c- this thing is going to be a lot to complete within a year. So let me stick to my part time. So, yeah, I'm halfway through. Um, next yeah. year I really only have to do like two more modules in my dissertation and that's and then I'm done so I feel like I've spread it quite nicely over the the two yeah. years that's really nice and at least you can like yeah. pace yourself and you don't have to stress too much exactly like a lot of the full-timers on my course bless them I rate them but <laughs> they are <laughs> they're finding it hard at the moment because obviously oh. like they don't get a summer oh yeah that's they don't get a summer so yeah so I'm literally like wow I'm sure that could not have been me. I love my summer too much. <laughs> I'm sure. As, oh, sorry, let me just tell you. Okrisa is an honorary citizen of Spain. And I'm sure as this, <laughs> this babe will find herself in Ibiza. Or <laughs> I can't help it. it just, they just draw me. Like, I'll see the flight and then I'll be like, am I doing anything this weekend? I'm not. <laughs> it's cheaper to, honestly, I'm not joking. 
it's cheaper to spend the weekend out of this country than it is to come is to be in this here. country so so crazy and it's funny because sometimes flight tickets are way cheaper than train tickets so cheap honestly we're like, looking like, at train tickets like, to durham the other so day so cheap yeah even that 30 pound or 40 pound train ticket to durham when ryanair are doing sales you can get tickets for like eight pounds you know it's, it's only even no, literally. 40 for you it was like a hundred for me that's so cheap the actual like, scammers in this country honestly ryanair not an ad but ryanair i love them <laughs> honestly i got tickets to barcelona for 12 pounds return and i was like what I was like, why would I, why would I stay in the UK when yeah. it's twelve pounds to fly to Spain? Like, <laughs> I just, can't, I can't be helped. My parents said they're gonna, they're gonna take my passport, but <laughs> I told them you can try, but you can't stop me. <laughs> I always see it like I'll be in the office or something, and I'll get the email. It's like flash sale, four ninety nine. Literally, and then I look and I'm like, no one's free. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's too good to miss out. You might have to do a solo trip one day. I'm so scared to travel solo. I saw on my, like, I wanted to at one point, and then I was like, "Ah, that's how they'll just, and I'm very small. They'll just kidnap me, and nobody will know. Like, no one will know until they're trying to text me and I'm not replying. So, you just have you have to start being annoying. My dad even told me, when I told him I wanted to do a solo trip, he said that I can do one because I'm the type of person that's so annoying that they'll free me. So just start being <laughs> And then they won't even want you anymore. <laughs> this one is bad, Marcus. No, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. say this one. She doesn't keep quiet. Let her, let's just drop her back. It's that one that Nigerians will say, bad market. Bad market. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, I have entered. Who sent me? <laughs> they might even give you transport back home. Say, where are you going? Literally. They'll give you give me the transport money and say, you know what, take it, bye. <laughs> but um, yeah. So before we actually get into the main topic of today, oh wait, has everybody heard Burner Boy's new song? Last last. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Ah, what do you mean? <laughs> I need to listen to Is it. Is it actually that good? It's so good, Burner Boy. I've heard it's like, amazing. It dropped at midnight, and I've had it on repeat since midnight then Ashake oh. dropped Palazzo as well I've had that on repeat like so much music has come out today like my head is exploding and I'm like oh it's my god it's a good music Friday <laughs> I'm like summer is going to be fantastic if this is what you guys are doing <laughs> honestly sunshine and music that is all we need the summer song I'm waiting for is, I, I, I don't know what Western are doing. I hope they, they've been sleeping in the studio because, you know, I summer really Western, Western music. Western, Western just remind me of summer. Exactly. For me, they are literally British summer. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't actually. The vibes are Western. great. When you're going shopping on the high street and you enter all those stores and it's their music that's playing, you know? Exactly. It just, yeah. It gives good vibes. <laughs> good vibes. I think I only know one song, and it's that. That's into. Into yeah. There's Charna, there's Medusa, there's ah, ah come yeah. on. Sounds wild. I'm going to go and listen to them after after we finish recording this episode. You guys should go and listen to all the music. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> go listen to Burner Boy. You listen to Western. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I have one question for you. What made you pick women's health for your masters? So I've always like loved healthcare. Like I've always loved healthcare, but not necessarily wanting to practice because I feel like one of the main things that you tell people that you love healthcare, they're like, why, why aren't you a doctor? That kind of thing. 
But with me, I love healthcare, but I love, I like to learn about it, if that makes sense. So not necessarily practice it, but to learn everything that involves, yeah. involves so health in general. healthcare from the, from the, um, what is, why is English failing me today? <laughs> it's basically healthcare from the academic aspect. Yeah, from the academic aspect. Yeah, that's literally it. And then every time I be like doing, because before I chose this master's, I was going to do a course called um, the MSc in Physician Associate Practices. So that's oh. basically similar to a doctor, but you do it in two years and you do like the science and the research and the academia, but you also get to then go and like work in a GP to kind of like obviously see people and help people. Yeah. And I love that kind of like um, patient focused kind of care as well. But then when I was looking at the modules for that, all the modules that I was drawn to, like every time it will say something like cardiology, I'd be like, oh, I can't, I don't want to do that. I'm only doing that because it's on the syllabus. But every time I saw something like, for example, obstetrics and gynecology, women's health and um, pediatrics, I was always leaning to those subjects. And then my mum was like, why are, you, why are we doing a course? Well, she said we, not like she was going to be doing an <laughs> assessment. But she said, why are we doing a course that you're, you're not going to be happy for half of it? Why not look for something that is generally focused just on women's health yeah and I literally did not know that this master's existed and then I literally was googling master's um further education in women's health master's in women's health and then this course came up and I thought I looked through the entire like syllabus and everything you're going to learn and I thought what a perfect course like I couldn't believe how perfect it was for me and then I, I applied for it and then yeah that's how literally yeah, I've always been interested in women's health, but I just didn't yes. know that this course existed. So now I found it very satisfied with it. <laughs> Can I ask, what did you do for your first degree? So my first degree was in medical microbiology. I absolutely loved microbiology. Um, I feel like a lot of people think, oh, what do you do? It's literally you're just looking at bacteria all day. But um, <laughs> I, used to think that. I still think that. I mean, we have to look at men every day. So I guess we're all doing the same thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, but yeah, it was one of those courses that I really enjoyed it. I feel like microbiology, it's like the building blocks to healthcare. So I yeah. really enjoyed I really enjoyed that part. But then one thing about me is I love to talk and being in that lab, complete silence. Like everybody's so focused on swabbing the perfect petri dish, that kind of thing that nobody speaks. Yeah. And I thought you know what this is too it's too it's too silent for me like I would generally drive myself crazy like being silent from nine to five all day so um during my degree I was leaning towards all the stuff to do with like for example like the vaginal microbiome um and doing like for example the immune system in breast milk that kind of thing so even in that I was Mm. leaning towards women's health but I just didn't know that I could specialize in this field particularly so yeah so in the last year have you like learned anything that you were just shocked like mind-blowing like what the hell oh so there's so many different things that I've learned on this course especially to do with like gender disparities in medicine like for mm-hmm. example the male the medical model that all our doctors nurses everybody's trained on is literally a white man so anything that it's not a white man they are confused basically and oh, like wow. we've had clinicians who are our lecturers come and speak to us and they've even openly admitted to this confusion that like they know that it's difficult, but obviously they don't control the syllabus. So they all, especially on the people on my the lecturers on my course, they take that time to read about women's health on the side because it's not what they're taught, which I just thought was absolutely baffling, seeing as women are more than half of the population. You would think that 
you would think that yeah. there would be an interest in living. This is crazy. Like, I actually came across this like not too long ago. Um, a doctor was saying that part of the reason why women's health seems to be so improperly done in medicine is because they've been really slow to include women, the female gender, into their like medical research and things like that. Yeah. So they're that's basically true. applying a one size fits all approach. Mm-hmm. Which is completely what ridiculous. What just said is a white man and they're just spreading it across everyone else. That's so crazy and weird because let's take race aside now. Let's just mm-hmm. stick to white people. So you're basing the health of a white woman on the model on of a man. man yeah how does that make any sense does a man have breasts like does it a man literally have a literally it makes absolutely no sense like one of my um assessments that i've just completed is on um clinical trials in like for example pregnant women but mm-hmm. it's only recently that women have even been included in, in clinical trials for medicines like like um ibuprofen paracetamol all these drugs that we naturally take every day they weren't initially tested on women like the dosing, all of that stuff was not first tested on us, which again was something that just baffled me because I was like, how can you give a medicine to somebody and not know its effects and like what not know what it's gonna do to them, if that makes sense? Yeah. Like all of the stuff that's is crazy. That's not even what baffles me. What baffles me is okay, so you've tested this thing of men on men now and you want to give it to women. Why when Okay, so like this kind of goes into the whole gender bias and gender stereotypes. So based on all of that, we clearly know that society views men and women differently. They don't see them as yeah. the same or as human beings. So how on earth did you now think medicine doesn't have gender bias? Like women, men, they're the same. How do you, how do you get to that point? Literally, like all of the, it's like one plus one was not equal in two. Like some of the thoughts that they, that they have put out, you just think, how did you get to that point? Like before I started my master's, I used to work in um, a company that did drug discovery. So we used to be like the preclinical drug trials and even the rats and the mice that we were testing on, none were women, none were female. And I was like, but this thing is going to go to clinical trial and you have no idea what it's going to do with to a woman or a female. And that makes absolutely no sense. And all of that stuff, it just made me like, I just know that there needs to be a massive change and it needs to start happening. It is happening slowly, but it needs to really pick up the pace, really. Oh, wow. So is it a thing where it's like they just assume it's going to work on women the same way it works on men or they just don't realise that women are different? It's like it's just the... It's not even an afterthought. It doesn't exist. It's just, it's been tested, finished. Um, a lot of companies say that it's to do with the expense of testing on on women. So basically, um, they'll have to kind of work around hormonal fluctuations. They'll have to work around like different things, like, for example, having a uterus, that kind of thing. But then my thought on that is if they are going to be taking this drug or whatever you've made anyway, do you not want to know what its effects will be on their hormonal fluctuations on their womb on their breast that kind of thing do you know what I mean so it's just it's capitalism all over again which is another topic that will take another podcast probably yeah (laughs) it's just yeah that brings me on to my next question actually so like because of the costs and everything so like with things like birth control how does how is that tested is that tested on because you know there was a period I think was it last month or two months two months ago where they were like oh male birth control blah 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 so like the general birth control that's widely available for women 
Is mm-hmm. that tested on men as well or just women? Sorry, or sorry Tim, before you answer, I just want to say I am almost a hundred percent certain. I am so convinced in my spirit that you don't test that thing on anybody because <laughs> why are you bring on medication that can give you blood clots, give you nausea, give you heart disease, infection? Who did they test it on? The thing, birth control is tested on women, we thank God. But I think the the thing that I think is very stressful about birth control is the fact that like for the for marketing, not even marketing, but for science in general, the risks the risks of having somebody pregnant is like is bigger than all of those ones. So, for example, like um, this is the debate that I was having with um, my siblings actually to do with um, male birth control is the fact that if a man has sex every single day, several times a day, he can have over 300 kids in a year. And a woman, so that's why I think that male birth control yeah. should be a massive thing because a woman can literally only carry one pregnancy a year, like nine months, that is what we can do. But yeah. um, for a woman to be pregnant, that is a much larger, a much larger, I can't remember, English is failing me now as well. Um, it's a much <laughs> larger thing for a woman to be pregnant than for the pet because they are the ones carrying the pregnancy so a lot of women when they've done research and surveys is that they would rather go through all of these side effects than to not carry yeah. a pregnancy whereas for a man what is their risk like they don't have to stay if you know what I mean like they're not the ones yeah. who are giving birth and having this pregnancy so that's why it's so you said you were having this debate with your siblings right yeah what was their side of the argument so we had this massive debate because it was basically like my cousin was over and everything like that and me and my sister were like we believe that milk like milk contraception should be a thing and there was also this thing that I was like I don't know whether I'd necessarily trust the man if who who said he was on contraception um that's not me like hating men or whatever but (laughs) like I can't imagine a man being like yeah don't worry I've taken my pill today I don't know something in my head would just be like "Mm," like have you like but um my cousin and my brother were very much like not that they weren't like they were almost against it and I was like why are you so against it they were like well think of the side effects and I said you want to know about side effects like I can list (laughs) even the leaflets that they put in the packet for birth control for women you can like the the font is so small because they're trying to squeeze so many different ailments onto that one piece of paper and when they're looking for example male birth control is currently being researched and everything but the reason it hasn't gone to market as of yet is because men have literally said that there's too many side effects for them to take it which I just think again they that's the thing that they need to they need to tackle because (laughs) like compared to the side effects for women because men have said you know what there's too many we're not going to take it that's literally what is halting the market for it and I just think again they're putting so much pressure and so much so much on a woman to stop herself from being pregnant and not enough like onus on the people who are yeah. able to get somebody pregnant if you know what I mean mm-hmm. I also agree with you that male birth control I I feel like this should have been done earlier because I have the exact same argument that you have they have the ability to get way more people pregnant and it's not like women haven't been complaining about the side effects of um, the birth control pills that are available to us for a while. But in mm-hmm. the usual manner, it's pushed aside like it's over-exaggeration. And that's one of the things I think uh, we're going to discuss later on in the podcast is gaslighting when it comes to women's health. Yeah, definitely. Making you feel like you're crazy when yep. you're actually doing exactly, like literally, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. But then because it's yep. coming from a woman, it's seen as an exaggeration. Another interesting fact, you know how um, hysteria was once seen as like a mental, 
illness and, you know, they used to diagnose it. The word hysteria actually comes from the Greek word for uterus. Yeah. And some of the... Are you uterus? Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. We learned that as well. (laughs) Some of the symptoms that they used to, to... come to to um a conclusion on whether someone had hysteria or not were things like anger anxiety sexual desire mm-hmm. random basic things that on a normal day should not cause any problem but because it's coming from a woman it's not yeah. an issue so if if we're in a world where hysteria was once linked to women just being extra and this was something that was practiced in medicine you can only imagine how much of that has you know trickled down through the different yeah. and it's still here right now which is where the gaslighting comes from because if a woman is yeah. complaining of a problem they're probably thinking oh, it's hysteria you know she's just being you know and, yeah she's just hormonal honest, actually, that kind of thing exactly that kind of makes sense like now that I think about it to an extent yeah because I remember there was a time when I had like really 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 so you know my cramps they were ugh, yeah my cramps can pass you out like you can end up in any from my <laughs> cramps <laughs> and there was a time like they were so bad coupled with like stomach issues I was having that I was in any and like they gave me this cocktail of um painkillers or whatever I didn't do anything so the doctor that was there she was like she's going to recommend me to the gynecologist and I should tell them to check and it was so funny because this was another female and every female doctor I've encountered always kind of just treats me like I'm being dramatic it's just the period get over it so this one I was really shocked when she was like when you see the gynecologist push for them to check for endometriosis and if she tries to give you the pill tell her no and it was so funny because when I got to my appointment what did she say? She said, um, just try and go on the pill. It helps with cramps. I was like, so you don't want to check me. You don't want to know what's wrong. <laughs> That's the thing for everything. Go on the pill, go on this. And it's just mm-hmm. like, and it's like find the source. One thing I've learned is that sometimes what the pill does is like, obviously it will treat the symptoms, but it doesn't treat the issue. And yeah, if, you, yeah. if you take that long term, whatever the issue is, will continue to grow, get worse. And by the time it's just masking pill, it. Exactly. exactly. And then by the time you come off the pill and like your body regulates itself, it's like you have this full blown condition that you didn't even know about. And now you're having issues exactly with one thing or the other. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with doctors? And like, personally, I've only ever really had female doctors. Now, like, whenever they want to give me a doctor, I start, I request for a male doctor just because I've noticed they kind of take me more seriously. But female doctors yeah. just don't. And I don't get it. It's just, to, again, it's to do with that whole thing about women's issues being related. Like, I feel like you can go into the doctor and be like, you have a problem. And then they'll find a way to turn it into, oh, it might be your hormones go on the pill. And I was like, when did I say that, <laughs> that it was anything to do with my hormones? Kind of thing? Exactly. And I feel like that is because of the whole root of the word hysterical and everything. Like, one of the things is that because... um with hysteria hysteria in the olden days only women could have it because obviously the two with the womb it made men be like the most rational beings because they can't be hysterical because they don't have a uterus you know what I mean um so that whole thing was just in that kind of first root of medical sexism has kind of like just trickled down like literally continuously which is not which is not the greatest and I think it's not only trickled down in medicine it's also expanded to like other parts of life because now Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you see gender bias and whatever men are seen as you know more decisive men are seen as more logical they're um they're you know they 
they know where they're going they know what they want they're go-getters whereas women are indecisive they they're moody they don't know what they want it's like not only have you corrupted medicine you're corrupting our everyday lives and making it difficult for us and now nobody wants to take us seriously and we're fighting literally business to just to be treated or seen as rational people literally and and it is a battle because like even when I talk to my friends and among us as well how many times that you have to push at a doctor's appointment to get yourself listened to like little things like that like they've made daily life a struggle and it's just like that it just needs all a revamp <laughs> to be sorted out <laughs> it really does it really does and they need to they need to stop trying to get everybody to go on the pill just because they don't want to check what's wrong with you yeah it's just like you said it's it masks all these issues rather mm-hmm. than fixing the problem at hand which is just another issue that they really need to like it's not all about masking symptoms it's about finding the reason that people are having these symptoms and doing something to stop exactly. them rather than just hiding them yeah and while we're still talking about birth control I know like you know you see like so many different facts and figures flying around about birth control and nobody really knows anything apart from obviously the people that test it but I don't know if Mm -hmm. you can answer this for me but does long-term birth control use affect fertility yet? So birth control shouldn't affect your fertility at all um the only thing is with some of them so for example I think it's with the coil um the I and the IUD it can take longer for your fertility to come back. But if your fertility was completely fine before birth control, when you come off, it should come, like go back to being completely fine. It just depends on the birth control that you take, the amount of time it takes for it to return to its normal, to your normal cycle, if you know what I mean. Okay. So I think with, with the um, copper coil, it can take a little bit longer. But with things like the pill, um, when you stop the pill, it can take like one to two cycles to just return back to normal. Mm-hmm. and that's if your um fertility rates were okay before you started taking the pill so yeah if your fertility was completely normal um beforehand um there shouldn't be any problems when you come off your birth control but it's if for example people who are on birth control to mask these other symptoms and they don't know what their fertility is at that point which is why I think I'm such a huge advocate for like knowing your cycles so that if anything yeah. is like let's say one month something isn't right like you can go straight away and tell a doctor you know what this is what has happened this is not my body um yeah. and then ask for investigation that kind of thing yeah it's just about knowing your cycle and knowing what's normal for you before you go on birth control and then after you've come off it you can then know what is normal for you afterwards and if there's any changes you know that those are changes and to get yourself looked at yeah it's actually really important to know the cycle because I remember like that period I had like really bad cramps I when I went to the doctor and they were asking me all these questions I had all this information on my phone I had enough information to create a spreadsheet and I was like on 28th <laughs> December my, my period I love that. ended by five days my period is usually five days shorter and it has never done this the following month it was eight <laughs> days too long <laughs> I love and that I like, that is the what they need after, I was like the month after it came four days late something is wrong it's <laughs> so good to know your body quality, if you don't know your if you don't know your body like that they're just gonna tell you maybe it should maybe it could be this just take this yeah over. it's so funny because with all that information she still said oh you know you're still quite young your body may still be adapting I was like 12 years after starting my period my body is still adapting <laughs> <laughs> she was like yeah just try the pill for six months I literally told her no and I missed my next appointment and 
I was like, because I went twice and both times she was still advocating for the pill. And I was like, can you check? If you're not going to check, bye. Yeah. Yeah, literally just check. Her check wasn't more than pressing my stomach. And I was like, what are you actually going to find out by pressing my stomach apart from whether there's food in there or not? Literally. (laughs) Would I have abs or not? (laughs) Exactly. it was so crazy and I was just like I was quite disappointed because she looked so nice she looked like she knew her stuff the way she was typing when she answered the phone the way she was taking notes I was like okay but <laughs> oh, so you just started... mentioned all the things that have nothing to do with medical I practice know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is typing when I see if I went into my doctor's office and they spent half the time typing and answering the phone I'd be like excuse me excuse me no do you know what it is my thing is like when I see people that I like the look of I really hope that they know their stuff so I'm always really disappointed when they don't because I'm like yeah you have high hopes yeah you're not allowed to look this put together and then not know anything get out of the office (laughs) literally I agree I agree so I was like she was just there she looked very like you know when somebody just looks so put together they know their shit like tv tv type of doctor do you get yeah giving me those vibes but she didn't she didn't pass the test it was like nope sorry that's a big shame big shame I was like you can't tell me you went to medical school to tell me to take a pill let me tell everybody and it's funny actually I remember in secondary school this is like side this is a side note but in secondary school I did an internship with a neurosurgeon and I went to one of her um, office days like so she wasn't in, in the she wasn't in in the theater or anything so she was in the office she was just seeing patients like just outpatient appointments and I, I promise you almost every patient that came to her she just prescribed steroids or more steroids <laughs> or stronger steroids oh gosh I sat there for about four hours watched her listen to all these people and say okay so we're going to increase your dose of steroids okay so I'm going to put you on steroids I was just there like ah. oh my geez I'm that's like, crazy it's so wild it's so 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 wild I'm just there like healthcare in the UK is in the mud and it's getting worse it's honestly getting crazy but we've been talking for quite some time so I do have any questions I have so many about women's health but like I don't want to bombard I'm going to with everything I I, I do have some questions but I think my questions are more posed to people to think I'm I'm enjoying like how the conversation is going because I mean we're touching almost everything okay so all of us are in our mid-20s Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I just came. Oh. I just started yesterday. <laughs> it doesn't I matter. Can't. You're here now. I'm gonna be 25 this year. I can't believe it. My body is shaking. <laughs> you are so funny. I at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm turning 25 in May. I have two weeks to go, and I'm just vibrating here, like I'm going to 25. <laughs> It's going to be me next year. I'm saying next year I'm not doing anything for my birthday. I'm just going to turn off my phone. What do you mean? Just... <laughs> don't say hi to me. Don't greet me. Just leave me. <laughs> I promise you. So if you turn off your phone, I will spam you with messages that say 25. Just 25. Send balloons to the door. 25. <laughs> exactly. Just turn off. Try it first. Try it oh, first. Oh my God. 25. It'll be like, you know all those scary clowns that just appear out of nowhere. You just see 25 everywhere when you turn on your phone. It's when you answer your door. I just keep thinking. I'm like, four years ago, I was just, I just turned 20. I just graduated. You said four now, years ago. I feel like secondary school was yesterday. I was just 16. That's exactly how I feel, honestly. 
I was just oh, doing I feel so young. Levels. You don't I know when I had so my job in Nigeria, I kept looking around like so nobody can see. I'm just a baby. <laughs> Literally, I'm just I'm just a baby girl out here living life. That is all. That is all. Like why why is the world chasing me with age? I don't get it. Honestly, leave us alone. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so as we're entering our mid-twenties, we're in our mid-twenties, a lot of us have noticed our bodies changing. Like me personally, my hips are really starting to hip now. Anybody that knows me knows I didn't have hips before. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there are like so many body changes, like physical, internal. What, What are some major ones that women go through? And what do you think we should start looking out for? Because, you know, at 25, you're still really young. You're really excited. You're like, yay, we can go to parties. We can travel. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. But, like, looking after yourself kind of takes the back seat when it shouldn't. Yeah. Because, personally, I feel like everything is downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. It's just, we have to honestly, This is, I feel like this is the point in time that we need to really know our bodies um, and be able to, look for the changes so for example one of the main things that can change um as we get older obviously is our skin and obviously that's one thing that I think especially as black women we need to keep an eye on especially looking for changes in our skin because things like um skin cancer are so much harder to detect in um, black people because obviously the marks and things like that don't yeah. obviously don't show up as clear and as like what are some visible as some of the things so it's just like if you if you do have a mole on your body if the mole starts to change in any way that it's like to it's a good thing to go get that looked at so always look for any changes in any part of your skin so check like I try and do it like monthly because I feel like monthly is a good time for like skin changes to happen especially we're gonna now COVID is over people are gonna be traveling more more, going to the hot countries don't let's not be forgetting our SPF as well but but, um (laughs) and doing like a self-skin check (laughs) monthly is a good place to start so if you've got any molds on your body that are changing or any new ones that you don't recognize at all definitely go and get those looked at in black people mostly um, a lot of skin cancers can show up on nails so in between your acrylics if you're an acrylic gal like me look at your nails properly and check if there's any like especially like dark streaks dark changes mm-hmm. to your nails um, is something to definitely look out for if you see any changes then definitely go to a GP or something to get that looked at um, because those can be um, symptoms of skin cancer so yeah definitely nails and skin monthly and don't forget your back I feel like that's a place that I always forget to check so maybe ask like a sibling hey. mum dad whatever to look at your back for you and see if there's anything different and then yeah get the, any changes looked at for sure another one that's like a major one for anybody turning 25 at least because I came back from Nigeria in January and that was the first letter I saw from the NHS your get- smear test yeah <laughs> <laughs> first yeah. letter I saw I was like I still have five months because <laughs> yeah Be so they try now. they send you well, well they aim to send you your letter 12 weeks before your 25th birthday um mm-hmm. so I haven't had my letter yet I'm, I know it's coming I just know it's coming but um I feel like with the smear test we've had so much I feel like especially from maybe the internet things like that but there's been a lot of scaremongering towards going to get a smear test like oh my gosh so it's so scared. painful that kind of thing I and I feel like it. no honestly I feel like it's just one of those things that you just have to push through get it done I was, I was speaking to a nurse and one of my um from uni and she was mentoring, mentioning that they literally have all sizes of speculums. So don't be worried that it's going to hurt like crazy amounts or anything like that, because they can literally give you 
the tiniest size of speculum so that they can actually put it in. I feel like being scared has stopped a lot of people from going to get this smear test done. But it's always better to get these tests done so that they can literally detect any precancerous or cancerous cells. I was reading a story from a woman on, it was literally, I think it was on Instagram or something, but um, she went for her first smear test at um, 25. Um, she had precancerous cells in her oh cervix God. and they like they oh. were able to get rid of them before they developed into cancerous cells. Whereas if she hadn't gone and she left it for like maybe three, four more years, it could mm-hmm. have developed into cervical cancer, which is obviously so much harder to treat. And yeah. it was it's just always better, I feel, to get that test done because you really only have to do it every, I think it's every three years, something well, like I that. Feel like, so, so I feel like this is really for people like me because I have a big problem. I never go to the hospital unless <laughs> I absolutely have to go to the hospital. Like I'm the kind of person that will just keep taking painkillers until the pain goes away and then I just continue I need to actually start doing this because if I keep this up, God forbid, (laughs) I might run into some big problems. (laughs) Like personally, like every time, to be honest, me and my sister, the minute like I can have a scratch on my arm, if that scratch came from any form of metal thing in my head, my head immediately goes HIV. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. I need need, need rapid um, this thing. Oh my God. If I have a mole on my hand, like maybe... And funniest thing is, it's probably not a mole. I probably burnt myself and it's raised skin. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I need to get it checked out. But does it have borders? I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> no, I'm telling you that when um, there was a time that we got COVID, me and a bunch of my family members, and we didn't know we had COVID until my dad, my dad started feeling a bit weird. And he will, mm-hmm. he will go to the hospital straight away. So he went and he came back and he's like, yeah, I have COVID. So the rest of you need to go and check. We all had COVID and I didn't know because a few days before I felt really tired, but then I was working like nine to 11 at the time. So I was like, maybe I'm just stressed. And I just took some painkillers and it went away. I did not even think maybe this could be something bigger than it was. Or is it, so I told you about the time when I sprained my ankle, my ankle hurt for two weeks. I was still going to work with it. I'll just, you know, put some ice on it and keep it pushing. (laughs) I didn't even think, okay, maybe I could have fractured something. I could have torn something. I'm like, yeah, leave it. It will will fix itself. I don't know what I think I have some regenerative, you know, you know how they go in these movies. (laughs) There's something that grows back. Maybe that's what I have. (laughs) I feel like if you are scared, of anything like you can always take somebody with you like even at GPs like you can have somebody in there with you or yeah. if like you have someone available you can have a chaperone who will come in with you and like literally hold your hand while you're getting it done they have so many options for people who are really really worried about it and I feel like if it's something that's if you're really really scared as into the point where you don't you're not going to book your appointment because you don't want to do you don't want to go because you're so scared what you can do as well is book an appointment with your GP or your nurse practitioner, whoever's going to be doing this mini test mm-hmm. and have them talk you through it before it happens so that you can have that peace of mind and then they can talk you through it. And even like, um, for example, at my GP, they offer to like have you in for a session where they show you the equipment that they're going to use so that when you do come in, it's not like a massive fear. So I think one of the things that scares people a lot is that for a lot of people, it's their first time with their legs and stirrups and mm-hmm. having them in them. So yeah. if you have the opportunity to visit the GP, talk through it and like see the equipment before the test, that can really like relax people a little bit more. 
knowing that it's not a massive metal thing that's going into you like they use plastic ones now for example so it's a, like oh, a you, I didn't know that in my head I thought yeah I knew they had different sizes but I thought all of them were metal and in my head I was like it's 2022 why are we still looking using this medieval looking contraption and why is it going <laughs> like to and why are you going to crack me open I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. those are all, but like now that I know it's plastic I'll probably book this thing next week <laughs> yeah, so it's such sm- they're smaller speculums um, and they yeah they're plastic so that they're just they look a little bit less frightening and like I said you can have that chaperone or have somebody in there to literally hold your hand and talk you through it like some people especially again at my GP they have a screen that you can have up in front of you so you can't see what the doctor's doing which again with some people they prefer that because they don't want to see stuff going into them yeah, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense but yeah I feel like once you've got your letter definitely especially our age definitely booking for it like cervical yeah. cancer is very rare in women our age um but the issue is that like our cells and the changes in our cervical cells are changing a lot yeah, at this yeah. time so it's a great age it, to catch anything that's yeah. going wrong and isn't cervical con- cancer quite an aggressive cancer it's yeah it can be quite aggressive yeah. um and it's a, and a, like some people who um get diagnosed with cervical cancer um at a younger age they often have to have like their cervix removed um which can lead obviously conception I'm and sorry like that. It's, that, that, that is the most removed listen of course that's enough no, that, I'm booking my appointment tonight I am booking it book tonight. your appointment book your appointment but yeah obviously that depends on like the degree and the stage but that can be um something that they'd have to do if it was really bad and I feel like nobody ever wants anything to get really bad so once you've got your letter definitely book in and and have it have it done I'm waiting for my um, letter. Like, I'm literally, I'll be at the door. Once they send me my letter, I'll call my GP and I'll say, sir, sir, book me in. <laughs> when you when you book yours, can you request for a male or female? Is it a nurse? Or yeah, so you can, it? so you, you can, um, when you book it, you can request that you prefer like mm-hmm. a, a, a female doctor to do it for you. Um, that kind of thing. They are very, because they want people to come and do it, like, they are very accommodating to people's needs. Like you can literally say that when I come in, um, please, can I have like my mum there with me? Or please, can I have a, um, a chaperone there? And they will organise for that kind of thing to um, happen. So, yeah, I think because they want people to do it, they are very accommodating to, to like letting people have like their access needs to get there. Oh wow! Okay, because like I feel like probably because because like I asked my mom and obviously my mom, our parents are vets in this thing. They've been doing this thing for years. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. My mom, my mom, she was just like, yeah, they would just do it quickly and you go. And I'm like, that's not enough information for somebody that that Mm -hmm. knows nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I Google it. Oh, I I saw this one metal-looking thing that just looks like you know what they used to crank up car tires at the mechanic. Yeah, those old ones. I just imagine that that's how you'd be cranking me up. (laughs) It's literally all plastic now, and they put like they they literally they put lube and everything on it so that it's as it's as they want to make it as pain-free as possible. So all of they will do what they can to minimize like making people uncomfortable during it. Wow, that's actually so good. But this is all 
great and wonderful, but this is all in the UK. I don't know if like you've ever done any research into women's health in Nigeria. Um, Absolute shambles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did my work experience in um in a gynae clinic in Nigeria, but this was literally it was when I was like 17, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And there is a long way, there is a lot, there's a long way to go in terms of prioritizing women's healthcare. You know how here, you know how here we're just talking about how they'll just push you on on birth control. Even that is difficult to get in Nigeria. Not the birth control yeah. itself, but to get a doctor that will tell you, yeah, just go on it. Because it's crazy how you can have you can be ill mm-hmm. and maybe birth control is, is what could help you out with this. They'll tell you, yeah. oh, you know, it will it can affect fertility. Are you sure you don't want to ask your husband or you know, maybe ask your parents Honestly, or something it's... before even prescribing this thing that we're saying they shouldn't pres- prescribe on this side? Yeah. I did my I think this is not my second um, assignment that I did, but I did it on um, reasons that contraception is so frowned upon in Nigeria. That's what I did my assessment on um, at yeah. the beginning of the year. And some of the reasons that I w- they were coming up with, I was just like, all they need is for somebody to let them know that that's not happen- That's not what's going to happen. Like, a lot of it was to do with return infertility. Um, a lot of people thought that once you go on it, you know, that's it. You can't have a child again afterwards. But I think it's just about educating them to know that that's not the outcome of being on birth control like even though like we were saying earlier it's annoying that they give out so willy-nilly here to mass symptoms but sometimes birth control is genuinely needed and that's something that countries especially like well I'm not I'm not going to say especially Nigeria but countries who stigmatize it need to definitely look at you know even speaking about this birth control thing and Nigeria it's funny I've always found it so funny how a country that frowns upon birth control so much frowns upon pregnancies out of wedlock or rather yeah which is just crazy marriage and then also encourages men to be promiscuous yeah then turns around (laughs) to say we also don't like abortion by the way yeah like what do you want we should all hang ourselves (laughs) literally what do you like what do you you actually want exactly yeah they they can't make up their mind what they want I think, it, again, it's to do with the kind of complete sexism. Like, the fact that you even said that men are encouraged to be promiscuous. Mm-hmm. But who do they think the men are getting, like... The men are not getting... Oh, they also don't like you know what I mean? sexuality, like, by the way. So... There's, there's <laughs> I don't so know many... who these men are being promiscuous with. <laughs> exactly. They want the men to be promiscuous, but they're not looking at the consequences of the men being promiscuous. Yeah. And it's just... It just doesn't make sense. Like... A country that frowns so much upon abortion but then doesn't want to give people free birth control it it doesn't make much sense really you know i wrote um an article on abortion on the decriminalization of abortion in nigeria mm-hmm. and that sounds when amazing I, <laughs> when i when i presented the paper to my office because we used to do that every week that we Every two weeks, I think there'd be a new article from someone else in a law firm and everyone would talk about it and, you know, see how can we develop and all of that. When I presented it, a lot of the, a lot of the women in the office agreed with me. The men, mm-hmm. on the other hand, quite a few of them had a lot to say about, you know, the morality of decriminalizing abortions and a lot of funny, funny, very funny opinions. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion. 
but for me to me it just looked like it looked like it was it's kind of like a form of punishment it's like a shaming thing for the girl who has gotten pregnant because the boy it's not like society is going to hold him responsible yeah almost anything her parents aren't really going to be held responsible like that it's like you did it you're stuck with it this is it that's all yeah you don't get any they're not going to ask him to pay child support in fact they'll tell you he's a good man if he does take care of the child that he you know basically dropped it's his child (laughs) exactly and for me by the time i finished the paper it didn't make an atom of sense to me why it should be criminalized i can even go as far as saying i can understand not wanting it because you think it's a it's a social um because of social stigma or whatever but to then criminalize it is taking it yeah, a step yeah. further than it ever needs to go because at the end Definitely. of the day lots of people have already said this but i'll say it again banning abortions or criminalizing it or making it something that people should be ashamed of doesn't actually reduce the amount of people that get pregnant unintentionally you just make the the number of people that are going through unsafe means to get rid of this pregnancy higher yeah because then you hear stories of i know when i was in secondary school i used to hear that girls would put hangers you know those metal hangers yeah ones and yeah unwrap them basically and you know make their own makeshift hook and people used to throw themselves drag it out Many times, yeah, people used to throw themselves down the stairs. Exactly. Many times they damage their wounds permanently because it's a hanger, for Christ's sake. And they're just jamming it off. The girls in your school that were doing this, or they knew people that did this. I heard about it in school, so I don't know whether it was other girls in school doing it or whether it was things they heard from other schools, but it was a generally known thing that girls would use hangers to do things like that. And then you also had the other thing of alum. For those of you who don't know what alum is, what's the English English name of it? Is it potassium? Basically, yeah, that's what they used to clean snails to get the slime off of of snails. I'll Google the English name for it. So basically, they would break up the alum into smaller um, portions because they always came in... um, in like big chunks so they would break them up and put them up their vaginas to induce oh a miscarriage oh my of the gosh. pregnancy oh my gosh or there was once the story of the woman so who she basically sat in a bath of boiling hot water to shock her body so much it would push out the baby unless oh my gosh. when you can just take a pill oh my god but then that's what that's happens so when you make things that should be accessible inaccessible people start going through yeah. crazy crazy means to get it that's definitely true like one of the things i feel like people forget is that abortion is healthcare. it is a part of healthcare. it has been and it always will be like you yeah. said by decri- by criminalizing it all you're doing is forcing people to seek it out in unsafe ways it's not stopping yeah. the fact that people will get pregnant People will always get pregnant. That is a fact. People are always going to get pregnant. And some people are not going to want to carry that baby. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that does not matter to anybody else. Whatever that reason is, it literally does not matter. There are no good reasons. There are no bad reasons. But some people simply do not want to be pregnant. And if they don't want to be, they will seek out the means to do it. So all you've done by punishing people is making them do it in a way that could literally harm them exactly in in my assignment I was looking at like maternal mortality rates and literally the highest um, way of the the highest way that 
a lot of um, women die in Nigeria. Most of it is because of unsafe abortions. Yeah. And and that is just absolutely ridiculous. It's yeah. that like, it's literally like the, the highest cause of death for women in Nigeria. It's unsafe abortions, and I just remember that could literally be stopped by yeah. allowing people to go about abortions in safe ways and remembering that abortion is healthcare and not a taboo that can't be spoken about. I just uh when you brought up maternal mortality, I just remembered there was a case that I had included in my article um, where basically it had ended up in court because the girl died. She died because she had tried to have an abortion and it was Mm -hmm. from these um, native medicine, I can't even call them doctors, but you know, these ones that practice, but they practice, it's like a mix of traditional medicine and modern medicine. And what he had done basically was he tied this rope-like thing into a knot and they inserted it in her and like pulled it out. What? And she ended up bleeding to death. And that ended up in court. They they did get sentenced and whatever. But that's just another, you know. I just remember that when you said maternal mortality rates are so high in Nigeria, partially because of the amount of women that die during abortions. And it's crazy. Yeah. And I also just found the the English word for alum. So alum is aluminium potassium sulfate. And it's basically a type of like crystallized rock that they use in baking powder. They use it for pickling stuff. They use it to tan leather. It's used for a bunch of different things that really you know, none of them should. They none of them are. Yeah, none of that should be in thing. your body. But yeah, that should not be in your body at all. So but that's what people are forced to. Why do you think there's this whole debate about? whether you should be allowed to have an abortion or not because to me it's absolutely wild how is it your business why does it concern you i don't understand literally um it's sorry carry on (laughs) (laughs) oh no um i was just gonna say is there's so many different angles that people find their like takes from but one of the things that i was going to talk about was um the thing that was happening in america with like with roe v wade um a couple of weeks ago yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the people who were deciding the fate of Roe v. Wade, um, like the board of like decision, the decision makers. It was literally, I think it was like six old men. And I thought, are you the one who is ever going to have to carry a baby? No. Mm-hmm. Are you the one who is going to be able to get pregnant? No. So why are you the one that's making the decision for thousands of women who will be the ones who are going to be the ones who are to get pregnant? Do you know what I mean? But um, there was so, like, for example, religion is a massive one. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, people people have different ideas of when does the fetus become a person. And a lot of people think that it's from conception. So people who do think it's from conception will be pro-life because they are essentially seeing abortion as murder, um, which is something for them to think about. But um, a lot of people do have that thing of like personhood with the fetus and another thing that we learned about was literally the patriarchal ideas of womanhood so the fact that a woman who is supposed like as women they do say that we're supposed to be mothers like for example the whole thing with like childbearing hips um all of that stuff is kind of leaning towards the fact that women are like our purpose is to produce and to raise children so it's kind of a shock for people to hear that somebody doesn't want to be pregnant and I feel like that is one of the hugest things like we had a debate at uni and somebody brought up the fact that 
um, that they've heard somebody was saying that people having abortions is unfair for people who aren't able to have children. And that was another crazy take on it that I just thought, what? Like, there's so many different reasons that people are bringing up to stop people from accessing healthcare, which I just think, I don't know, I struggle to understand a lot of the reasons. But, um, yeah, like, what do you guys think? For me, um, going off what you just said as well, first of all, I, I really believe that the main reason why a bunch of people are against abortion is because of their inability to view women as whole independent beings. It's yeah. like you're a woman, but it's it's like okay, you're a woman, but you're you're here for a purpose, and your purpose is to create life. It's attaching a woman's being to this task that you think she has been dropped on this earth to perform. And you wouldn't do that with somebody who you felt was a complete and whole independent being. Because, you know, this person has other things that they're here for. They have other things that, they, that they're going to accomplish in their lives. But then mm-hmm. you're a woman, but your uterus is kind of like public property. It's like with people asking, oh, when are you going to get pregnant? When are you having another child? It's not your business. Yeah. It's not. But you think you're entitled to ask that kind of question because you think that that part of my body is societal property. You also mentioned the the, the issue of this the personhood of a fetus. This is one of the yeah. things I, I wrote about in my paper, and I I loved tar- tackling this issue with the <laughs> with the people who had something to say. First of all, people tell you, like you said, there are different arguments for when life starts with the fetus. Agreed. Yeah. Some people say it starts at inception. Medically, there is no specific date that they can give you, but many no. people will say, look around the time that the baby has the first um, heartbeat, which is around like the eight week mark. Yeah. So if we were to say, okay, let's go with that definition from eight weeks, it's a person at that point in time, then what's wrong with taking the pill up until the eight week? Nothing. If we were to say, okay, it's from inception, it's from um, conception, say inception, it's from conception. (laughs) The next question is, okay, you want to tell me that this thing, I'm going to refer to it as a thing, right? Because it's not a person at that point in time, in my opinion. But you're going to tell me now that this thing that's growing inside me is a human being who has rights, right? That's the argument. It has rights, it has the right to, to live. If you now check, most constitutions will start off telling you that this applies to the citizens of this country, right? And who is a citizen? There's normally a definition of who a citizen is. Someone who was born in the country or someone who was... It's always something. In Nigeria, for example, you have people that were born. There's also citizenship if your grandparents were, you know, Nigerian. All that's extra nonsense. So now this citizen that you claim... You know how um, Child Protective Services can take your child away if you're not treating it properly? Yeah. So if I'm not mm-hmm. treating the fetus properly, what are they going to do about it? That's the thing with <laughs> with personhood. Um, applying personhood in this is so it's like, difficult. It's literally, it's like you're just, you're just making up things as you go. As far as I'm concerned, though, anybody who's arguing this personhood of a fetus thing, you're making up things as you go. Because if I'm not treating the child, the, the fetus properly, you can't take it out of me. You can't force me to treat the child the the fetus yeah. you cannot do that I, does I think the, the fetus have thing. to go to school no <laughs> no <laughs> does the fetus have to do i have to you know how you have to take care of your children it's like the state is obligated to ensure that the uh, 
children's well-being is being taken care uh, care of and you know children have to they go to school they have access to health care and all of that nice and good there's normally a children's uh, rights act or something in every country that child's yeah. rights act is there any provision um provision that pertains to the fetus that is in my womb no the- no. So where does the argument come from? It can't The argument is just it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. Every time somebody comes to me with this with this particular point, oh it's a person with rights. Is the only right the right to life? No. Nope. And if it's if you're only ascribing the right to life to this thing, then is it really a person? Because I believe you have a bunch of fundamental human rights. Does that apply to my child? I no. think people forget about what about the right to like a quality of life as well, like exactly there are so like I said there are so many different reasons that people are choosing um to have abortions and I feel like if you are especially you know the people who like stand outside the clinics and like protest and things like that if like you yourself if you don't want to have an abortion that is fine like do you but why are you stopping thousands of women who genuinely need the access to it by from doing something for themselves like how does what they do to their body affect you in the slightest that is one thing that I do struggle to get my head around like you know people the funny who are thing? standing outside you see those people standing what time outside. wasters just ask them so okay you don't want me to abort the child is this okay if I give birth to the child and drop them at your house so you can take care of them they don't want to take care of the child <laughs> they'll say no they'll say no and I put them into government's care let the government take care of it you will be the same person to complain that your taxes are rising and it's because people aren't taking care of their children maybe if you had literally literally the thing I find so irritating so jarring with this with this conversation when people try to ascribe rights to the fetus it's usually at the detriment of the rights of the mother so why should my right take a back seat for something that isn't even here yet yeah exactly what happened to to my right to to have a good life people always forget like that's the bit that they just forget about and And like that's why i don't get people that push the um pro-life argument so hard because like you just said they're the first people that will complain that my taxes are going up this person Mm -hmm. is looking after her children well she keeps sending her daughter to school looking haggard i'm like well she didn't want the child you know i saw someone complaining about another person having 11 children and receiving um, benefits for all 11 children. Why are you complaining? You I don't understand why they can't mind their the, own business. You spread the life. <laughs> and life is spreading. Spread the life. Literally. Why can they not mind their business, though? That is one thing I... W- like, why not mind your own business? Like, is it your body? That's the question. That's is the it question. your body? Yes. Like, and the, if it's not, it's mind not your that. business. And it's funny because it's not that I even understand the argument. It's just that I hear it. Like, I'm aware it exists, rather. It's mm-hmm. the whole religious standpoint where, you know, only God has the right to give life and take life. And life is a blessing. And you don't know what that child is going to become. I hear it. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but I know it exists. But yeah. those are the same people that say, this world is too saturated. There are too many people and too little resources. Literally. <laughs> Do you know, even addressing that religious point, this was an, oh, I love this topic too much. <laughs> addressing that religious point, I've had a couple of people tell me, you know, Nigeria is very religious. I'm speaking for Nigeria now because that's where I was doing law. Nigeria is very religious. You know, Christians won't take it. Um, Muslims won't take it. It's against the the principles of their religion and da 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 I understand all of that. 
But it is also very clearly stated in the Nigerian constitution that Nigeria is a secular state. Nigeria is not governed by any one religion. So why then should a secular state make decisions for its people based on religion? And it's not like Nigeria's religion is maybe we'll say, okay, we're, we're a predominantly Christian country or we're a predominantly Muslim country or a predominantly mm-hmm. traditionalist country. It's different fragments here and there. So why should those people's opinion then have an effect on a secular state. The whole idea yeah. of a secular state is that it's not moved by anybody's religion. By religion, yeah. It just, I think they put, there is nothing wrong with having a religious view, but like you said, it's a secular state and they've put at the forefront religion, which in making a decision like this, that would that can literally, the impacts, like it impacts social life, it impacts, the economy impacts healthcare. It impacts literally every aspect of life, and they haven't looked at it from a single other stance. And I think that's what that's what I struggle to understand. Like, why can't they look at it from another stance? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think my issue with Nigeria being so religious is that for such a religious country, the country has a very dirty behind. Honestly. Like, they, honestly. Sit, on this, <laughs> they sit on this moral high horse. Whereas it's like, you are completely filthy from head to toe. But you're sitting on this high horse and you're you're trying to dictate to other people that you're better than them. And it's like, I prefer a country that is openly dirty, openly does what they Yeah, doing. don't be hiding it then. Like, exactly. if you're so religious and if you're going to be the loudest preachers, let, let, let the whole thing, like, be true to that. But exactly. instead, they are hiding <laughs> They hide it. They'll pretend that they're so moral, they're so holy, and then they'll come and say things like things like, um, yeah, can't be aborting. It goes against the Bible. It goes against the Quran. Meanwhile, you that you're using your mouth to say it goes against the Quran, your daughter is aborting in 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 the garden. (laughs) Oh my God! In the boys' quarter, she's aborting her baby. It's all sentiment. It's sentiment, sentiment, and some more sentiment. There's so many parts that aren't making sense. And it's funny, for this life, there's so many people that pretend to know what they're doing. And what I've seen so far is that people are just making things up as they go along and trying to force it upon other mm-hmm. people. That's how this yeah. really works. I feel like, you know, we spend so much trying to figure out how this life works. And I don't think it works in any type of way. People make things up and try to force other people to follow them. Yeah. And so, like yeah, I said, so- like... If you have your opinion, have your opinion, but no way do you have to force other people to think that the way that you do, like exactly, Im- like yeah, that's that's the beauty of life, you know, the diversity in everybody's way of thinking. Like we don't have to yeah. have the same opinion and agree with one another. Life would be very boring. But before mm-hmm. we end this episode, okay, so do you have any like facts, tips, and tricks that you want, like? black women to be aware of when it comes to their health when it comes to their health um I think one of the things that I have mentioned it before um in the episode is that remembering that you yourself are the expert on your own body like we've lived in our bodies for what 20 something years we know our bodies um I know especially in when you go to a hospital or a GP there is a sense of like hierarchy and like and a kind of like I think we're kind of taught and brought up to be to have like a doctor knows best kind of framework in our lives and I feel like we just have to keep remembering that no matter what any doctor says to you, you've lived in your body for your whole life. You know 
you know your body and you are your own expert on your body. I think something to also remember as well is the fact that whatever decisions are made for you, whatever decisions are given to you, it's you that is going to have to deal, like live with those consequences, whether they're good or bad. And I feel like that's something that is almost like a driving force to like being a self-advocate for your own healthcare. Like remembering that even like if I don't sign up for myself, the doctor's not the one who's going to start be having these pains. Literally that kind of like, it's going to be you that's like dealing with it. So it'll be you without a cervix. Literally it'll be (laughs) you. Like nobody else is going to be in your position. It's going to be you that's going through these pains, going through these different things if you don't fight for yourself. And obviously I know that it's difficult to self-advocate and fight for yourself, especially in a world where you might not feel listened to. But um, I've got five little tips that I came up with earlier. Um, so my first tip, be ready to take a leading role in your healthcare. So when you walk into that GP, I know it's difficult when you walk into that doctor's, not even healthcare settings, but anywhere that you want to be heard, like be ready to take a leading role and walk in with that confidence that you need. My second tip is stay informed about, well, th- well this is the women's health episode. So yeah, stay informed about your healthcare and things to do with um, women's health. Like for example, there's a great um, appeal that's going on at the moment with the Eve appeal, um, hashtag not an ad like before, but <laughs> um, it's called hashtag get lippy. Um, and it's an appeal that talks about five gynecological cancers and like symptoms to look out for and things to literally look out for in your body. So it's literally called get lippy and it's on the Eve appeal Instagram and their website. And that's something I generally would say that everyone should take a look at, especially because people don't really know a lot about gynecological cancers and they are stuff that can affect any age group at all. So, yeah, do definitely do research and ask questions. Another one similar to what we said before, um, monitor your own well-being and look out for any changes in your body um, because you'll be the one to know when something is not normal. And my last tip, which is something that I tend to do a lot as well, is if I need to go to the doctors or anything, I'll practice what I'm going to say in front of a trusted friend or a family member. Um, I think in my case, it helps because my dad is a doctor. So he he kind of gives me a script of what to say to them to make myself be listened to, if that makes sense. (laughs) But um, practice what you need to say just to make sure that you know exactly what you want, what you want to do. And also within friends, family, your own little communities, um, create like a safe space to talk about your healthcare situations, healthcare needs, because there's a lot of things that, for example, like a friend could come to you and be like, oh, this doesn't seem right. And if you know about it, like share that information and make it and make women's health like a comfortable topic, make it so that you can talk about anything from discharge to like nipple size, anything like that. Make it so comfortable that you can have that discussion with your friends and family. Um, but yeah, those are my little tips. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you so end... much. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so before we end, I was going to ask Osai. Yeah. Like for me, I've learned so much from this episode, especially about um, the pap smears or cervical screening, as they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. What did you like find that was like, oh, wow, during this episode? That's like I lose my cervix. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You know, because I'm someone who is so, I don't know whether I can say, I have hospital phobia. Mm -hmm. I have definitely learned, like, I need to stop downplaying a lot of the symptoms that I have. And I should get these things checked out. 
because mm-hmm. hard guy, hard guy will help me lose my cervix if I'm not careful. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys, but that cervix thing really busted my brain. <laughs> like, it's not, it was not a common day. thing. Like, I think maybe I've put a bit of fear out there, but like, it's not a common, <laughs> it's not a no, common you know, thing. Sometimes, but I think is, for me, I need to be like scared. Me, we need that fear. You know how we talked about how, yeah. you know, some people, you see all the, the possible things that you can get from using birth control and you decide, I think I'm more scared of being pregnant than, you know, having these things. For people like me, this that's what this has just done. I'm more scared of losing something from my body than I am of actually just finding out what the problem is. Because I think for me, my fear has always been when you go to hospitals, you can go with a headache and end up with drip in your arm. You can just go with one small body pain and tell you have two kidney stones. Like, (laughs) it's always so much bad news going on there. And I don't like bad vibes. (laughs) I completely get that. But yeah, if you need to be scared, there are scary stories out there. (laughs) (laughs) To get you. I've learned to take these things more seriously. Go get them out and, you know, nip it in the bud as soon as you can. Yeah, just remember, you're your own expert. Nobody mm-hmm. can tell you that what you're feeling is incorrect. Like, you know your body better than anybody. You were born into it. Like, you know this yeah. body. And if something's not right, yeah. like, push and fight for to, to have yourself heard, definitely. Yeah. Um, just a quick one while we quickly talk about service, services. Um, I was watching Grey's Anatomy a while ago. And was it Grey's Love Anatomy? that show. So do I. <laughs> Those guys that were just killing people anyhow, mistakenly killed, mistakenly killed, <laughs> up and down. <laughs> I think it was Grey's Anatomy. And one of the patients, I think it was Meredith actually, they said she had something called a hostile womb. Do you know anything yeah. about that? So that's, so I think the, like, the term hostile womb is like a term that it's not generally used a lot, but basically like she struggled to get pregnant. So she she might have had an underlying route that we just might have like what they definitely I don't remember them talking about in any episodes but basically it just means that she struggled to get pregnant so she maybe she had like PCOS so maybe she had fibroids endometriosis any like reproductive disorder like uh, reproductive disorders can like impact your fertility side note anyone who's sexually active please get yourself tested because um sexually transmitted infections can also impact your fertility as well that's just a little side note but um but yeah she might have just had um a reproductive disorder that just caused her to struggle a little bit with getting pregnant oh I see. that's literally what the term means like it doesn't necessarily mean that her womb could not keep a pre- like it could not keep a pregnancy but she might have had an underlying condition which impacted impacted her fertility to stop her from like carrying full term oh I see they made it just seem like hostile womb was a condition and you know that was the condition that her like it would have been caused by something else I see so, um yeah okay well yeah let's we can end there thank you so much Akrita, for your time this was thank such an you session. I no like worries I, learned... I had a great time <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm glad to hear that I feel like I learned a lot but thank you so much I'm going to go on no my, worries um, cervical screening yes. now bye <laughs>